Here we go. We're Rumination Tuesday on Law and Gospel, where we take a look at a hymn. And the hymn we're going to be taking a look at today is a very good one, namely, O Christ, our true and only light. This hymn was written by an individual named Johann Hermann. And he did a wonderful job in doing this hymn. And we're going to be taking a look at it here. Our Christ, our true and only light. Before we uh, play it a bit, I, I want to talk to uh, Mark Smith. He's on the line with us. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. He's Pastor Mark Smith. And the question we have is, how often have you used this hymn, Pastor Smith? Oh, I've uh, I've used it a number of times. I, I couldn't tell you how many times, but uh, it's uh, it's familiar to me. And it was in the old Lutheran hymnal. I remember using it when we had that hymnal, and uh, and it's I it's got the same melody uh, in the new one. And uh, now. Surprise! I haven't chosen it for this Sunday. I just uh, I had just a different emphasis, but well, uh, let me let me play it right now for yeah, us so we it's get a the good tune. hymn. Johann Hermann, who died in 1647, wrote this hymn during the Thirty Years' War. And the song directs the singer away from destruction, devastation, and disruption of peaceful daily life to the realm of faith and hope in the Savior Jesus Christ. Now, his hymn is modeled on a prayer by the Jesuit Petrus Michaelos is for unbelievers and those who have gone astray. Uh, the prayer that was written in 1592 goes like this. O Lord Jesus Christ, true light of the world, enlighten the darkness of all people, all Jews and heathens who do not know you, and also of Christians who go from your church into all kinds of sects and errors as erring sheep scatter and are given to ravenous wolves or who otherwise secretly err in one or more articles of our Christian faith and have not realized it. 
touchingly Herman in this hymn prays for the enemies of the church, for the weak, for the faint-hearted. Now, he does not desire the destruction of his enemies, but their repentance, and above all, their salvation. The English version in our hymnal is reworking of the translation by Catherine Winkworth. And this is the hymn of the day for Epiphany in the three-year series. And that's why we're talking about it on this particular program. So, Pastor Smith, you're not using it for this Sunday, eh? No, um, I, uh, I've got a number of uh, hymns that are emphasizing the cross of Christ. So it's just a little bit different. Uh, theme, but it is a good one. I probably should have used it. I, uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes when we discuss it, uh, I, I have my regrets that I didn't choose it for the following Sunday. But you know, you, you do the well, best. Well, you, you know can. what the reading is for this Sunday, Isaiah nine. Isaiah says, nine, right? The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. And the title of the hymn is, O Christ, our true and only light. So I don't know if you're doing Isaiah 9 or 1 Corinthians 1 or Matthew 4 for this coming uh, week. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 4, uh, verse 18 is uh, is my text. 1 Corinthians but, 1. But there's another, you know, there's another hymn, um, that uh, that corresponds with that uh, old that old testament that old testament lesson is interesting it really is good uh it talks about how uh the the people the people that lived in that part in that northern part of uh of Israel you know they were they Gentiles. were the first they were the first to be harassed by the militaristic assyrians and in contrast to that they would be the first to see the light of the gospel in Jesus Christ in his visits, in his, in his ministry. Yes, well said. Okay, without further ado, would you do stanza one, please? O Christ, our true and only light, enlighten those who sit in night. Let those afar now hear your voice, and in your fold with us rejoice. So. Why would he use this metaphor, those who sit in night? Those who sit in the, the darkness. Well, it's like another hymn. Um, the people that in darkness uh, sat a glorious light have seen. That, that, that's the same type of theme, and it's used in, the, in connection with the same Old Testament reading. Uh, people that have sat in darkness have seen a great light. Jesus is that light. They're in the uh, darkness of they're in the darkness of sin and death, and they need to they need to see the light of Christ. Yes, yes. And so, um, what what number is that? Do you know? The people that in darkness sat. Right. 
No, I don't. Uh, no, I don't. I don't have it at my fingertips, Tom. Well, that's all but right. I, that's, that's right. That's the one that I chose for this coming Sunday. Yes, it's got the same theme here. So, why would you say sat instead of stand or something along there? Well, it says uh, it's interesting. This hymn does the same thing: enlighten those who sit in night. You know, you think about you think about sitting in darkness. You know, you don't really you don't really stand. You kind of hunker down and uh, you you mope. I, that's kind of the picture I have. Uh, when you're in darkness, you're you're down in the dumps. Uh, you're not really active. You're, right. you're not standing. You're helpless. And then he says, "Let those afar now hear your voice." Now, remember, this was during the Thirty Years' War. So what is he referring to here? Well, let's see. Uh, he's, is he, he's talking about the enemies? The enemies are those who have left the church. Right, right. Uh-huh. That's right. So you don't, you don't think really... he's talking... You don't think he's... Is he talking... He's talking, too, about unbelievers uh, that are that have never been in the church, uh, exactly. foreigners, pagans. Because they haven't heard his voice. Right. And that's really important. They need to be enlightened. Now, that's sure a law and gospel point of view, that a person cannot get out of darkness on their own, that they are far away and they need to be enlightened. Who enlightens them? Christ and his saving gospel. Yes. That's really important to understand. And therefore, it is a gift of the Holy Spirit that they come to faith in Christ, their true and only light. This is mentioned a number of times in the Bible. Uh, the morning star... Jesus is even referred to the sun, spelled S-U-N, because yes. that brightens up the day and takes away the darkness. The sun of, so, righteous, sun of righteousness arising with healing in his wings. That's right. Well said. All right. I'll do verse 2. Fill with the radiance of your grace the souls now lost in error's maze. Enlighten those whose inmost minds some dark delusion haunts and blinds. Now, thinking about today, Pastor Smith, what is a dark delusion that many people are haunted by and blinds them to Jesus Christ? I would say uh, false ideologies like, like evolution, for instance. Well said, yes. Yes, if you or believe even in evolution, even, that even means the idea you don't of believe that Jesus Christ was the Savior of the world or the Creator of the world, that this all came about by chance. So that's a real good example of, of false teaching that haunts and blinds. Yeah, I was going to say, Tom, uh, also the, the idea of wokeness that is so much part of our thinking today. You know, it's, 
it's uh, it's it's I think it's a great enemy, uh, the wokeness philosophy. Explain that a little bit, because that's a new term that a lot of people aren't really knowledgeable about. What what specifically does wokeness want to teach? Well, it's I think it's gone further even than uh, political correctness. It wants to it wants to eradicate uh, anything that that does not deal with uh, oh. Uh, uh, egalitarianism. Wow, that's a big word. Yeah. It, what does that e- mean? Equalizing. Everything's equal. Every you know these liberals are among the most intolerant of people, but they they all want us to be tolerant uh, of of everything. But they're among the most intolerant. And uh when you when you have uh uh Biblical Christian, Christian Christ-centered uh, values—they don't like that. See, that's uh, that's racist, or that's uh, you know they'll they'll invent things like that. It's not racist at all, but uh, they'll 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 tag everything as being racist or uh, or intolerant. Yes, they have the idea that all white people are racist. Yeah, and th- whether they know it or not. And so it makes a huge division. In, in other words, it contradicts the verse that there's no distinction between Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female. They'll say there's a big distinction between white people and other people. And so what's happening in universities is that the Christian message is turned into a social action kind of thing where your goal is to improve the world, get rid of racism, and so forth. And what does Jesus say about, well, wars, rumors of wars, and the poor? Well, those are, those are among the, the signs that we're to, to be alerted to, signs of the end coming. I mean, it's yes. always wars and rumors of wars. It is, it's always going to be the case, but it should always keep us on our toes and be ready for his reappearing, his, his coming on the last day. Yes, there, there's no doubt that the life of sanctification, once you are saved, is one in which you attempt to be obedient to God's will. And therefore, when you sin, repentance comes into your heart where you grieve over your sin because you realize that it is really just abolishing the cross of Christ who died for your sin. And so we are to be filled with the radiance of God's grace. Do you remember what grace means? Let's see. I wrote it. <laughs> I wrote it. I wrote it on my desk. I wrote it on my desk for. Uh, yeah, yeah. Here. We, no. Oh, I got it. I wrote it on my desk. I had it the other day in my hand. Uh, grace is receiving what we don't deserve. Excellent. Yes. And mercy. Mercy is. Uh, it's also. It's, it's also receiving what we don't deserve. <laughs> no. No. Put the word receiving not in what, there. What, what, what is mercy again? 
put the word not in. Receiving what we do not no, deserve? No. Not, it's receiving. not receiving. Not receiving what, what we, we deserve. deserve. Right. Boy, that really takes you a while to get that. I'll tell you, I, I have the hardest time. I, I came across it on my desk. I had written it all out so that I wouldn't forget it, and uh, it's lost among the clutter. But I did. Uh, <laughs> I, I had yes. it for future reference. That's good. That's good. And that's what this hymn is saying. Fill us with the radiance of your grace. And what is the radiance of the grace that we hear about what's the greatest gift God gives us is uh, forgiveness of sins, life and salvation in his gospel. Yes. All righty. Stanza three, please. Stanza three. Here we go. Uh, oh, gently call those gone astray that they may find the saving way. Let every conscience sore oppressed in you find peace and heavenly rest. What do you think is the most important word in the first phrase? Uh, let's see first. Oh, gently call those gone astray. It's a gently word. Gently call. I think gently. it's the word gently. Gently is important, absolutely. We want to be winsome. We want to be winsome and gentle as we reach out with the gospel. We don't want to try to hit people over the head with the Book of Concord or anything like that. Uh, we want to be winsome, always as winsome as possible. But, you know, even if we fail in that, that does not, uh, even though we, we may fail, we may not be as winsome as we could, the gospel still has its impact. Well, it seems to me if you're not gentle, you're not giving yeah. the gospel. Can, can you imagine right. that you you get a diagnosis from the doctor about something and then he gets really mad at you? Maybe you've been smoking too long or maybe you've been doing something that has given you this disease and he berates you. How long are you going to stay with that doctor? Right. No, what I'm thinking of, Tom, let's say you're preaching from the pulpit. Right. And, and you yell the words... Jesus Christ has taken away all your sins or has saved you from from your sins. You yell that. Uh, okay, that's not as gentle as you could be, but nevertheless, it's the truth, and it's a saving truth. That's all I'm saying. Yes, but it really sounds more like law because save you from your sins, and, and we need to help them understand that that occurs because you're justified by Jesus Christ. And a lot of people don't understand what that means. So gently call those who have gone astray. Now, Proverbs has a very interesting statement it made. Uh, we're going to be talking about that uh, tomorrow. That it's better to be attacked by a she-bear after you've taken one of its clubs, cubs than to listen to a fool. Now, isn't that interesting? Oh, boy, that's an extreme, that's an extreme proverb, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> I wouldn't want, and let me tell you, I wouldn't want to get in the way of a mother bear 
uh, between her and her cubs. No way. No. And we're going to talk about a Bible verse tomorrow that that talks about specifically that a lot of people are aware of, of of God being a mother bear, uh, especially against Israel. And that'll be on tomorrow's Law and Gospel. So you are gentle, except if you have someone, it, it says also in Proverbs that reprimand is considered a blessing by a believer. But for a fool, you can give him a hundred blows and he won't change his opinion. Yes, they can be awful stubborn and hard-hearted. Yeah, if you want to like, hear... Like Pharaoh, like Pharaoh in Egypt. Exactly. Would not listen until finally his own son was killed in the Passover plague. If you want to hear what we're talking about, you can turn almost to any other radio station that has Christian sermons. And I would say about, well, I've been listening to some, 60 to 70 to 80% of the sermons are really law-oriented. That sin is the problem until you stop from sinning. That's not being gentle with people. It's really being legalistic, giving them the opinion that by their stopping to sin, they'll save themselves. And that's not being gentle on those who've gone astray. Yeah, you always want to uh, rightly divide the word of truth, the law and the gospel, and you want the gospel to predominate in your message as well. Now, that's for people who are to be enlightened, who's, who are sore oppressed. Their conscience is sore oppressed. Yes. How does that yes. come about? Oh, man. You know, I mean, because, you know, there's a lot of hurting people out there that, that their conscience, you know, yep. well, the devil, the devil, uh, of course, even even Christians are assailed by the devil. He loves to whisper in our ears and say, you're no Christian. Look at what you've done. Look at all these bad things that you've done. You call yourself a Christian? No way. That's yes. the devil. And uh, a lot of people, you know, our conscience bothers us. And, uh, uh, y- you know, y- you, need, you need to hear that gospel to... Uh, to re- remind us again of the promises of baptism, that all of our sins are washed away in our in our baptism, and Satan be gone. Yeah, a lot of even Christians are worried as to whether or not they're going to be saved because they see their sin, which the devil puts in front of them, and they don't think they're good enough. Yeah, so, even, 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 Tom... This decision theology. I have talked to a lot of people that are yep. that are affected by that defi- decision theology, and they're they're plagued. Their conscience has plagued them. Have I really chosen Jesus? When did I choose him? Have I really have I really chosen him? Have I really decided for Christ? Have I made the decision? And they're not. Com- they need to be comforted. They need to be assured. They need to be directed to the promises of baptism. And, uh, and and the gospel. Stanza 4 talks about how you do that, if you'll listen to that. Shine on the darkened and the cold. 
Recall the wanderers to your fold. Unite all those who walk apart. Confirm the weak and doubting heart. Now, this hymn really is talking about recalling those who have left the fold of the church. Right. You can understand how that happened during the 30 years war, wondering where is God, etc. Some people have that loss of faith because God doesn't fit in their parameters of what they think God should be doing. Yeah, in fact, Tom, uh, we were talking just the other day how many, you know, many people left the church after the ravages of World War II. Many people in, in Europe sadly left the church, and you have these big, huge cathedrals that are often empty, except for maybe women and a few small children. But uh, it really, World War II really did its damage on uh, Europe as far as their faith is concerned. Not all of them, of course, and many there are many fine Christians still, but uh, a lot of Christians left the church after World War II. Well, this is a great opportunity, even here in the United States, there are those who have wandered from the fold, and we need to get back to them. So if you'll read the final stanza, verse 5. That they with us may ever, well, it, uh, let's see, confirm the weak and doubting heart, the end of uh, verse 4, and that then it goes to, that they with us may evermore such grace with wondering thanks adore, and endless praise to you be given by all your church in earth and heaven. So, how can we have endless praise with those in heaven? Well, we want to be within their ranks. We want to, an endless praise to you be given by all your church in earth and heaven. Well, of course, uh, that's the church triumphant. We want to be sure we're part of the church triumphant and that that's being faithful unto death, that How we receive that, that crown of life. we are here on earth? Right, exactly. No, no. How does that occur while we're here on earth? Uh, staying strong in the faith. By staying close to the word of sacrament. I'm thinking of the Lord's Supper. Okay, there you go. Good point. With angels and archangels and the whole company of heaven. So we're going to be using this hymn, O Christ, our true and only light. And tomorrow we'll talk a little bit more. But we said God being a she-bear. So join with us tomorrow. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, Pastor Mark Smith. God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check out to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.